Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Everything Kratom. The podcast about anything and everything. Kratom decided that the word is pronounced kratom i've been saying kratom my whole life but i've heard way too many people say kratom now so i've got to join the crowd kratom um this episode is going to be a personal story uh about my family about my brother it's not going it's not necessarily happy ending so for those of you who don't want to finish off your week on kind of a a sad note might want to skip this one but i thought that it'd be important to share this story because it you know this personal experience of seeing a family member go through addiction and wanting to help them and not really knowing what to do not having any tools to to help and then discovering kratom midway through I think that it's a type of story that a lot of people can relate to and thought that I would just share it um, in case uh, people would like to hear. So that's what I'm going to do today. And um, we're going to be talking about how my brother first became addicted to opioids, then moving along into kind of generally what happened over the 10 years that he was addicted, uh, how I brought Kratom into the mix to try and help what happened there and uh, and then just a quick note on on how it all came to an end which uh, is the sad bit but uh, I hope that you all find it interesting and um, know that it's just one of many stories where Kratom plays an important role uh, in a story of addiction so here we go My brother's three years older than me, and growing up, he was a great brother to have and also a difficult brother to have. I'm not really going to get into that other than to say that he had some trouble. He did all of his homework. He did all of his schoolwork, and then he'd get in trouble and get in school suspension, out of school suspension. Uh real troublemaker, but always did his work. My parents never had to ask him to do his homework once. So think about that. Um, had some trouble, but he got through high school and went off to college. He wanted to find a college that was far away out west because he wanted to go out west. And we're in the northeast here. And so, of course, he ended up going to college in Oregon, about as far away as you can go in the continental U.S., And he had a first year that just wasn't quite a good fit for him. He didn't want to continue on. And so rather than continuing college after his first year, he stopped 
And he ended up making his way out to Colorado and became a ski bum, snowboard bum with his friends. And he had the time of his life there. He was having the time of his life. He lived with his girlfriend and a bunch of his friends. And they would wake up and snowboard or ski all day. And they'd work at a resort and then snowboard, ski all night. And, you know, having a great time. So he was really enjoying that. But he ended up having a rough breakup with his girlfriend at the time. And following that breakup, he was still living with her. And it was, you know, that's a difficult circumstance to be in. And he ended up uh, trying opioids first by being lied to by a dealer. The dealer told him that something he had ended up being something else. And he ended up smoking opium. And he ended up, uh, that, that was kind of his intro into the whole opioid world. And it really, he felt comforted, uh, you know, being in this difficult position, living with his girlfriend who, or his ex-girlfriend rather, uh, he felt, you know, like it didn't matter and that everything was okay when he tried, uh, opium. And so he ended up going down that path and that was kind of the start of it all. From there on, he kind of just kept going down the rabbit hole of doing worse and worse things, in my opinion. I don't really think that the hard drugs in the opioid department are good in any way. That's my opinion. But he ended up becoming addicted to uh, heroin and, you know, was one of many. And so that's kind of how he got addicted. And that was back when I first went to school or college in 2011 is the year that he became addicted. It dominated our family life for the next 10 years, all the way up until this year. So about midway through five years ago, give or take, I was really starting to understand how Kratom was helpful for me. And I was also learning how Kratom was helpful for people who were addicted to opioids or addicted to heroin in particular. And I was starting to read a lot or hear a lot about that. So I thought, huh, maybe I should try this with my brother. And the next time I went home from college, my brother happened to be in town and he was going through withdrawals. He had just finished being at a halfway house and was uh, going through recovery and having a really difficult time. And he hadn't slept for three days when I got home. He hadn't slept for three days. He said he was, he was a mess. It was one of those moments where the logical thing in the mind of the addict, a.k.a. my brother, was if I can't sleep and I'm going mad, the only thing I can think of doing right now is to do heroin. And that was just really difficult for me to see, you know, that that's how his mind worked. And, you know, who are you and what have you done with my brother? So it was eye-opening, to say the least. 
But, you know, I had a tool in my tool belt. Finally, after five years of watching without being able to help, I finally had something that I could try to help my brother with, you know? So I did the only thing I could. And I said, well, Nathan, if you want to try this, it, it might help you get to sleep and be able to sleep some of this off until you can fight off the urge to, to shoot up and, and give up on this, you know? And he was open to it. So I ended up giving him red tie kratom. I made him a very strong cup of the of tea because I thought that, you know, he could certainly take a strong dose of it considering what he had been using. So that's what we tried. So I gave him the tea and he drank the whole cup down in about five minutes. I'd say within five minutes. And put the cup down. He was sitting at the kitchen table and waited a few minutes. Now, after a few minutes, his eyes started to get really heavy and he finally relaxed. And I remember my dad asking him, Hey, buddy, how do you feel? And he just, he looked calm and at ease. And, and my dad asked, you know, are you sleepy? And he just nodded his head and smiled a little bit. And my dad said, you think you can go to bed? You think you're ready to go to sleep? And he just nodded and smiled. And he ended up being able to sleep that night. It seems like a really minor victory when you're listening to that sort of story. But to anyone who has a family member who is addicted, you know how important that is. It's the little things. It's day by day. There's always something to worry about. There's always something horrific going on. There's always something, a matter of life or death or something just below that. And to have that loved one not be able to sleep and they're withdrawing and you know the only thing that's going to make them feel better is either getting through this withdrawal that's going to take a long time or them doing drugs, it's a really terrible place to be in. But to be able to see that person have a cup of tea and then be able to go to sleep i mean you know minutes later it's a it's it's a big deal and for the time that they're asleep you don't have to worry about them because they're they're asleep they're in bed they're just sleeping you don't have to worry about what they're up to or what they're craving or anything so it's a minor victory but it sure means a lot and it meant a lot to me that I was able to do that for him. I left Kratom at my parents' house when I went back to college so that he could use it when he needed it. If I'm recalling correctly, he didn't go through the whole bag or anything. He used some of it while I was gone. When I came back from college, you know, half a semester or a semester later, I don't remember how long, there was still about half of it left. And he had ended up, you know, ended up going somewhere else by that time 
either he was in an addiction recovery program or maybe he was in prison. I don't remember which, but I know that the Kratom helped him while he was in town and while he was going through that specific withdrawal, that specific difficult time in his life. Unfortunately, this story doesn't have a happy ending. My brother ended up going to prison for a while. He ended up going through, in the 10 years that he was addicted, halfway houses, recovery programs, jail, prison, more recovery programs, more halfway houses. But the whole time, he really, really wanted to get better. And towards the end... He wanted nothing more than to just be free from everything. No drugs, no oversight. He just wanted to be normal. And he ended up going to Alaska a few years ago, working as a guide, canoe instructor. He had a great time up there. It was the highlight of as long as I've known him, I think. He would send back all these videos of wild animals that we don't have (laughs) anymore in the Northeast. These huge bears, rivers with more salmon than you can believe, bald eagles. (laughs) So he had a great time. He came up to visit me back in October of 2020. I couldn't hug him because of COVID. That drives me nuts to think about now. But I was able to see him for a few weeks and hang out. That was good. By that time, he looked a bit down. And I could tell that something was wrong. He moved back down to Seattle uh, in January. The end of December, early January. And my family and I ended up finding out that he had taken his own life on January 6th, 2021. We know that he had fallen back into drugs. And we know there might have been other issues too. But either way, it sure was a terrible, unexpected thing. We did not expect that to happen. So although the story has a really unhappy ending, and it's still reverberating through our lives every day right now, I do look back and find some solace in knowing that, you know, we as a family tried everything we could. And the one time that I gave my brother Kratom, even though it was such a small part of the story, It made a deep impact on me, and I was glad that I could help him at least through one day and a few days after. That meant the world to me, and it still does now. I wonder if Kratom was a part of society and that it was more normalized and not under attack, if it was a part of addiction treatment programs, uh, if people in prison were allowed access to it. I wonder if 
this story would have ended up differently. Maybe not. Maybe it would be the same. But one has to wonder. And with the countless families going through the same thing now, I can only hope that they have a better shot at helping their loved one than we did. Though we tried as best we could. So that's going to do it for this week, you guys. I hope that you appreciate the story and uh, I hope that you were able to bear through a kind of a negative ending (laughs) but um the truth is important and this is one of those truths that i think people should know about kratom has potential to help people's lives people who are in real danger so thanks so much for joining us today and i'll be back with you all next week for another episode of everything kratom If you feel like supporting this podcast, you now can. You can actually click a link in the description and you can even just donate 99 cents. I'd sure appreciate it. But regardless, I'm really happy that you're listening. Have a good weekend, everybody. Bye.